0: Well, praise the Lord. Once again, this is Pastor Jerry coming to you in your living room, car, maybe you're out and about. You might be jogging and have me on one of your devices, you know, so uh, either way, uh, we're just always grateful and thankful that we have the privilege of speaking the Word of God to you and connecting with you, and so our heart is just, uh, we get overwhelmed by just, uh, you know, you connecting with us and and wanting to hear the Word, wanting to, uh, you know, receive uh, what God has given us to give and and uh so we just counted a privilege. So anyway, maybe enough said of that, but uh again, we're um, we're going to keep you posted on everything as as things uh, open up um little by little. We're able to open a few things. Uh we've got, you know, the things that uh meets all the requirements. We got all them things up and and moving forward and um and when they kind of ex- expand the numbers a little bit, we'll be able to maybe open midweeks and then Eventually get to our main Sunday services, and so up till then we're still doing uh, drive-up services. Praise God, we actually have a lot of fun with those, uh, uh, and so uh, uh, we'll do that as as long as the weather permits. And uh, so anyway, uh, we'll just kind of keep you posted. Now uh, today's really a uh, you know uh, pre-recorded message for the Sunday service. So with that, of course, on Sundays I usually do uh, an offering time with that. So I'm going to go ahead and jump right into that. All right. So praise the Lord. So what we're going to do today is we're going to come out of a common text out of Luke 6, please, Luke 6, Luke 6, and what's going on in context is he's talking about, uh, in a sense, sowing and reaping, okay, about everything, you know, if you're, if you're uh, you know, you're merciful, you receive mercy, if you're, um, you know, if you're uh, judgmental, you're going to receive judgment, Condem- you know, if you're condemning. Uh, You know, condemnation is probably going to slap you upside the head like a big dog, you know. But uh, he goes into about giving. And really, earlier in the chapter, he calls it, you know, generosity or dealing with generosity. So, we're talking about being generous or a generous soul. So, verse 38, all right, said all that to get to this. Give, and it'll be given to you good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Now, all that sounds great, right? So, good measure, pressed down, amen, shaken together, running over. Sounds like an abundance, right? So, give, and it'll be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, it will be put into your bosom. All right? Old King James says, men will give unto you. All right. For with the same measure, okay, that you use, it'll be measured back to you. Now, the word measure, of course, is referring to like, um, you know, a gauge or yardstick, something that, you know, a measuring device. In other words, you determine the measure, you determine the amount kind of thing here. All right. And it says the same measure that you use. Okay. So uh, the word use here means value or appreciate or act on. Okay. Um, There's uh, more definition that will probably uh, in our message today, I'm going to kind of hit a different text, but some of that's going to come up again, so it'll, we can kind of define that a little in a little more in depth. But in this text, it's referring to uh, you determine, uh, you know, uh, how much. In other words, if you're going to if you're going to give uh, with uh, a spoonful, then it 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 comes back in spoonfuls. If you give, you know, with with a shovel, amen, it comes back in shovel loads. If you're going to do it with a dump truck, praise God, it's going to come back to you in dump truck loads, amen. The idea is, uh, in this whole text, is dealing with the fact of just what you sow comes back and to the degree that you you do that. In this text, it says the measure that you use. In other words, amen, what you act on, or here we go, or value or appreciate, okay? now that just, And really, it just comes out to, uh, you know, what what's... You know you're doing this with a right heart. You're doing this, uh, you know, with some uh, some power behind it. Praise God! It's something that's meaningful to you, Amen. And that's that's kind of what's happening here. Now, a generous soul. All right, that's kind of what you know. Kind of what came to me this morning as I was uh, meditating on these things. You know, what does it mean to be a generous soul? Well, uh, a generous soul. um, Proverbs 11 says that a generous soul be made rich. Uh, It talks about a generous soul in Proverbs 22. He says that if they have a generous eye, they'll be blessed or empowered or successful. Isaiah 32 says, uh, talking about generosity, says by one's generosity, uh, we shall stand, endure, accomplish, succeed also means. And of course, in the New Covenant, 2 Corinthians 9 brings out, praise God, talking about being a bountiful or a generous sower or giver. And it says that when you're bountiful in your sowing, you're going to reap a bountiful harvest. Amen. Now, the generous soul is, is dependent on the individual, all right? A lot of people um, can be uh, very generous. You know, they just have a generous heart. You know, they always think about what they can do and how they can be a blessing to somebody. Some people, you know, maybe just don't think down that road. Well, uh, it's a key to success, to be honest. Amen. If, if uh, you know, you want to succeed in life, you know, one of those things is to have a right heart in the area of generosity. Amen. You, you look out for the needs of others. That's where everything like... Uh, Uh, You know, compassion is all about sowing unto the lives of other people, taking of your time, your energies, your efforts, amen, and sowing unto another, praise God. And you have to understand that when you sow that, you reap that, amen. You sow generosity, you're going to reap generosity, praise God. That's why it becomes a key to success, praise God. If you want to increase, don't just uh, go out and, and, you know, expect everybody and everything to, you know, come your way. Understand that there is a principle tied to it. Amen. A generous soul, first and foremost, thinks about how can I be a blessing. Amen. I always think about what was said to uh, to Abraham in Genesis and uh, Genesis twelve, and, and we see that uh, the whole text there is uh, talks about you know that you're you're going to be blessed in order to be a blessing. Amen. And I'm just you know I get excited when I get the opportunity to give, when I get the opportunity to help somebody so toward their life. Amen. So you know it's just. Uh, There's just something about being generous. Praise God. So I'm encouraging you. Amen. Uh, you know, I think it was uh, probably the last couple months we've been talking about connecting to God's economic system. Well, this is kind of one of them same kind of principles. Amen. You want to stay connected? You know, maintain a generous uh, generous uh, attitude, a generous soul. Praise God. Generosity. Praise God. It's a key. Praise God. So if you got your uh, your offering with you today, praise God. Amen. I always like to uh, pray over our offerings. So, if uh, you got your ties, your offerings, you know those locally, you know you'll you know bring them in, mail it in, you know given uh, online, however it is. Uh, but uh, those of you out and about, and you could be in a completely different country, you know, different state, whatever. Well, you know, you're pretty much going to probably do something online. But uh, regardless, of, no matter how you're doing it, if you got a point of contact, something that we can just grab hold of there. Okay, I don't even care if you grab your wallet, praise God, whatever, amen, but just make a point of contact and we're going to agree with you on this, all right? All right. Father, we give praise and glory right now for the faithfulness of your people, their willingness to honor you with their increase, to give of their substance. We thank you, Lord God, for those that tie that the windows of heaven are open over them, unstopped. Pouring out such blessing, it overwhelms them, overtakes them. It literally means praise God more than enough, praise God, coming their way. I thank you, Lord God, for the fullness of the blessing in complete manifestation. Hallelujah. Blessed when they come in, blessed when they go out, blessed in the city, blessed in the country, blessed in their homes, blessed in their fields. Everything they touch is prospers and it succeeds. They're the head, not the tail, above only, not beneath. Praise God. You've commanded a blessing on their storehouses. Amen. They're the lenders and not the borrowers. Praise God. They owe no man nothing but to love them. Praise God. So we pray for debt cancellations and debt eliminations and early payoffs. Praise God. Supernatural increase. So all that can be removed out of their life. Praise God. They can walk free from debt. Praise the Lord. And Father, we thank you. Those given offerings that, uh, as the scripture says here, that when we give, it comes back pressed down. Shaken together and running over shall men give unto them. And we're thankful, Lord God, amen, that all grace abounds toward them, that they have all sufficiency in all things, and they have an abundance for every good work. Praise God. So, Father, we give you the praise and we give you the glory. Amen. For our harvest, for our inheritance, and the fullness of the blessing, for that we give you glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, praise the Lord. Once again, here we are diving into the Word of God, and today uh, we're going to go to uh, Mark 4, amen, and I'm going to talk about uh, valuing the Word of God. Let's kind of talk about the reason for feeding on the Word and and why we want to value the Word of God, amen, and so we're going to come out of uh, Mark 4, and I'm going to come up probably around verse 23, Um, but... Uh, maybe I'll say this in context. Uh, what's being done and said is really a, a sermon of the Lord, uh, talking about the sower sowing the word. Okay, and then he kind of does a whole parable about it, uh, you know, about the seed being sown and and how you know the the enemy comes to steal it or things that. Uh, uh, you know, maybe if there's no root in it it, it, it 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 dies out or it's choked out, depending on, you know, which verse we're talking about. Uh, but that's kind of key. Uh, I didn't want to necessarily read through the whole thing uh, for sake of time, but I did want to uh, pick up kind of toward the end here. And really what's happening is he does the parable, talks a lot about the Word, and then he kind of does some summaries, really, is what it is, okay? And so I want to kind of read one of those and uh, just... Hopefully, get some, we'll get some insight out of this, all right? So, praise the Lord. So, verse 23 says, if anyone has an ear to hear, let him hear. And I hope you all got an ear to hear, praise God. Then he goes on to say, verse 24, then he said to them, take heed what you hear, okay? But with the same measure, okay, you use, it will be measured to you, and to you who hear, more will be given. Okay, again, he keeps talking about hearing, right? For whoever has, and of course, in context, he's talking about ears to hear. To him who has, to or probably to, for whoever has, to him more will be given. And uh, but whoever does not have, in other words, does not have ears to hear. Even what he has will be taken away from him. Okay, and that's kind of a, a, a crazy verse, but it, when you start looking at it in the context of what's being said here in Mark four, you know, uh, you know, if you got an ear to hear you know, there's going to be increase. Of course, he's talking about hearing the word, okay? So things are given to you. Be, things begin to increase. Things begin to happen. Uh, the word, you know, just one word from God will change your life forever. So, you know, getting the word into you, amen, if you have an ear to hear it, amen, it's going to do something for you, praise God. But if you don't have an ear to hear, even all the stuff that's being said, uh, that maybe even, like as it says earlier in the chapter, maybe, uh, you, know, uh, you know, the enemy swoops in now and takes it, you know, or, uh, you know, it it springs up and it doesn't have any root in itself, and because of uh, pressure, because of uh, persecution or something's happening, something's going on, all of a sudden it dies out. Or uh, the other, uh, uh, you know, example is that when, uh, you know, it springs up, it begins to do something, but all the other things now come in and begin to choke out what he, you know, choke out that word, all right? So keep that in mind, that that verse 25, that's kind of what he's talking about. When he talks about, you know, even what you have will be taken from you. That's what he's talking about. So back to 24, okay. So it says, take heed what you hear. With the measure you use, it'll be measured to you, all right. So with the same measure you use. Now, we talked a little bit about this in our offering time, okay, using a different verse, of course. But uh, this word measure means to the degree or portion or gauge, okay. So it's talking about like a a yardstick, a standard, uh, a level, caliber, all these size, all, all this is in, uh, part of the synonyms of this, of this word here. So he says, to the degree or measure that you use, okay, and the word means to estimate, but it's talking about evaluating things, to gauge something, to appraise it, consider it, appreciate it, or here we go, value it, okay, value it. Now, the scripture says this in Matthew 6 and 21 it says, Where your treasure is, there your heart will be. Okay? But that, the word treasure there is talking about what you value. Okay? It even uses the word deposit, in other words, what you give time or energy or effort to, give your attention to. Okay? But uh, what, it's about what you value. Okay? And what you value is where your heart's going to be, what you value uh, is what you're going to spend your time with. Okay, now keep that in mind. So now we go back to this verse in Mark 4, and he's talking about to the measure you use it. In other words, to the degree that you value it is just another way of saying it, okay? So to the degree that you value it will determine whether you're going to hang on to that word or whether it's going to be stolen by the enemy. I mean, when you stop and you look at this whole parable, uh, you know, the sower sowing the word, that's really what it comes down to, you know? something's said, but because you had no value in what was said, the enemy just swoops in and takes it, all right? You uh, you know, something was said, you kind of got excited for a second, but because of all the pressures and everything going on, next thing you know, it just kind of dries, withers away and, and dries out and dies, you know? Or, uh, uh, you know, you you start moving forward, but because of everything else now, you know, now all of a sudden everything else is a higher priority, taking more time, more energies, more efforts, and what happens? It ain't long, and pretty soon uh, it's, it's choked out, okay? Now, if you stop and you think about all that, the only way any of that kind of thing can happen, the only way that the enemy can take away that word in your life is if you just don't value it. I mean, really, okay? You're not given the attention need uh, due to it, you know? So you're not not placing enough value on it. So I want to talk about placing value on it. Praise God. So with that said, i got several verses I want to go to today. But we're going to go to Hebrews, all right, chapter 4. A lot of these are really common verses. But maybe we can kind of see them in the light of of valuing the Word. Why do we value the Word of God? Amen. So we got Hebrews 4. And I'm going to go to verse 12, all right? For the Word of God, right, is living and powerful, right? It's alive, right? It's, it's uh, got energy, right? That's what it's referring to. It's alive. It's got energy. Praise God. It's got power. Amen. And then it says it's sharper than any two-edged sword. Okay, a two-edged sword, all right? Well, what, what's that mean? Well, he goes on to say piercing even to the division of. Okay, in other words, that, that, that sword is sharp. And it's sharp enough to literally pierce to the division of some things. Okay. Well, what do I do about this? What about that? What about this? What about that? Well, that word is there to help, amen, to pierce through, amen, to to determine, right, or discern right from wrong, to not only discern, but to make right judgment calls concerning things. So then it talks about some things. All right. So it says, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. Now, if you've been in this house very long, I guarantee you, somewhere along the line, you've heard me minister on this verse and talk about some of these things. But for those that haven't, praise God. Maybe this will speak to you here a little bit. Well, I hope it speaks to all of you. But, but uh, I know some of you have heard this before. But, but soul and spirit. All that's talking about is what's of you and what's of God. You know, you're made up of uh, spirit, soul, and body. Okay, the soul being your your mind, your will, your emotions. Okay, and a lot of times, you know, we go along in life and we're saying, well, was that me or was that God, you know? Well, the Word is there to help discern that, is help to, to make a right judgment call concerning, was that something about you or was that just you or was that really something of the Spirit? Was that something of God? Amen. And so one of the reasons for the Word, it's there to, to make a discernment between what's of you and what's of God. And sometimes that's necessary, right? Sometimes, you know, we're, we're moving along and we think, well, you know, I'd like to do this, but is that me? Is that not well? If you got a, you know, if you got some a word in you, there's probably a good chance, praise God, you can discern. Hey, that's just me, uh, you know, whatever. Okay. Then it goes on. It says through uh, soul and spirit, and then it says and joints and marrow. Okay. Now joints referring to like a a wrist, an elbow, a knee, uh, you know, even a, uh, uh, you know, it, pretty much any joint in your body. And that's what's talking about. Fingers, all kinds of. Okay. Now a joint. Is is a is an important thing, okay? Having that, uh, you know, having your wrist work. You know, if you if you boogered up your your wrist and now it won't, it doesn't work right, or it hurts every time you use it. You know, you you find out how important that really is, right? I mean, that's an important thing, all right. Or an elbow, or a knee. You know, you've uh, you know, I've boogered up a knee before, and it, whew, I mean, man, it's like you really realize, you know, how much you need that knee. You know, I've I've done a shoulder before where, uh, you know, it 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 kind of. Put me out of commission a little bit. And, boy, I tell you what, you realize how much you really need a shoulder. So that becomes a very important thing. But the Word is there to help, uh, like a sword, bring uh, to the division of soul and spirit and joint. And then it says mara. Okay, talking about bone mara. Okay. So a joint in a physical body is pretty important. But bone mara is critical. Okay, that's the difference. That's what he's talking about. That which is, that word's there to help discern or to make a right judgment call between that which is important from that which is maybe critical. I mean, I've seen a lot of people a lot of times, they, they just overlook the critical thing that's going on and because they're more concerned about this thing that's important to them, all right? Not that it isn't important, I mean, depending on what we're talking about, of course, but, you know, that may be a very important thing. But this thing over here that's going on is critical, Okay, so you can't, you know, that word's there to help you determine the difference because sometimes you need to be given attention to what's critical here, to not, not just what's important, all right? And that's one of the reasons that the word's there. The other thing that it says is thoughts and intents of the heart, okay? Talking about, uh, you, know, the, um, you know, the intents, the motives that we might have, you know? So, you know, is that a God thought? Is that a God motive, you know? Uh, you know, is it is it something that I need to really give attention to or not? Is it just is it just me? Uh, you know, wanting something bad enough to that I'm willing to overlook everything else, and all of a sudden, you know that that word comes in there to help determine. Okay, what is of you? What is of God? Amen. What's important? What's critical? amen, what's, uh, you know, the, a good intention, what isn't, amen, a good thought, what isn't, see what I'm saying? That word's there to help with all that. So why is the word valuable, okay? Well, the word is valuable because it helps, keep, uh, it helps keep us in a place of discernment and good judgment, all right? That's part of it, okay? That's one good reason, all right? A lot more being said in here, but I, I want to move along with this. All right, so let's go now to Romans 12, Romans 12. All right, Romans 12, another common text, let's look at it, all right, wrong book, there we go, Romans 12, I'm going to go to verse 2 just for sake of time, and it just says this, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, and of course the word prove, again, is referring to, to discernment, okay, so you can discern the right things, but it says here, uh, do not be conformed to the world, okay? Again, it is in context, talking about the Word of God, renewing our mind to the Word of God, amen. But it says here, do not be conformed to this world. Well, you know, you don't want to be adapted or conformed to the world. The world's pretty crazy out there. And it seems like as the days go on, it gets a little crazier, you know. Uh, you know so, uh, you know, the last thing you want to do is be adapting to it. Instead, you want to be, what, transforming or be changing, Amen. That's what that word. It also, word transformed there means uh, to be metamorphosized. It actually is where you get your word metamorphosis. I think it's metamorphio, Okay, so it's a it's a, a Greek word that means to be changed entirely from one thing to another. All right, and it says that the way that happens is through a renewing of the mind, and of course with the word of God is what it's talking about. So renewing the mind. Well, what does that mean? Well. To renew the mind means to renovate or reconstruct. Uh, You know, when you think about renovation, you know, over the years I've had different homes and and just about every home that I've lived in, we've done some kind of renovation in it, you know. And so, you know, you renovate a a kitchen or you renovate a bathroom or something. And, uh, you know, and what you do to renovate is you remove uh, the old and you begin to put in the new, you know. And so, Renovation isn't always fun, but in the end, it's a glorious thing. Well, that's what he's kind of bringing out, that the way this transformation happens in our life is this process of renewing the mind, this process of reconstructing our mind, okay? Getting, here we go, this is why it's valuable, because it's getting the right thoughts. It's getting the God thoughts, okay? That's what we're trying to do here, is get the God thoughts, amen, hallelujah. Uh, James 1, in verse 21, talks about receiving the word, right? Receiving uh, with meekness, it says. In other words, being teachable. Receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save our soul. Now, a lot of times you speed read that, you're, you know, you're just talking about you know, getting somebody saved. Well, uh, that's not wrong, but it's, it's really referring to your own, your own soul, okay? Because that, that refers to your mind. You know, your mental faculties, okay, your mind, your will, your emotions. That's all part of the, that third part of, of your being. We're made of a spirit, soul, body, all right? Well, the soul is that area that needs to be renovated, okay? When your spirit, when you're born again, your spirit's made new, okay? That's a, that's a done deal, praise God. But your soul needs to be renovated, needs to be renewed, Amen. And as you renew your soul, praise God, you become transformed, all right, changed, all right? So that's how this thing works. Well, praise God. So why is the word important? Well, the word's important, praise God, not only for discernment and judgment, but also, praise God, to keep our thinking right. And as I said earlier, maybe I could say it this way, keep our thinking right in a crazy world, okay? Because everything out there is trying to get you to adapt to it. All right. But instead, we keep, our, our, uh, we keep the word before us. We keep our mind renewed. We're transforming instead of being uh, adapting to the world or conforming to the world. Praise God. So it's keeping our mind right in the midst of a crazy world. All right. Anyway, praise God. And like I said, I know that every one of these verses we're going to go to today, we could spend a lot more time on it, but we're just going to kind of move along just to make our point. Okay. So with that said, now let's go to 2 Corinthians. Chapter 3, please. 2 Corinthians, Chapter 3. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. I hope you're getting something here today. Uh, so we're going to, again, we're coming into Chapter 3. Let's see. I'm going go to uh, I'm gonna go to verse 18. Now, in context, again, he's talking about, uh, really, in context, he's dealing with Old Covenant, New Covenant. Uh, you, know, uh, you know, what's uh, you know, the importance of the Old, the importance of the New. Okay, and 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 really you know showing the importance of why the new covenant is so important. Okay, so again, we're kind of talking about the word again, all right, but specifically dealing with the new covenant, all right? All right, anyway, verses 18. But we all talking about you and me with an unveiled face. Now, the reason it's an unveiled face, because uh, earlier, a couple verses earlier, he mentions Moses. When Moses came down off the mount, he had the, the veil on because of the glory. And, and, and so, uh, what he says, you know, you know, Moses came down and had a veil in front of him, uh, you know, because of the glory, we could say, of the old covenant. But he said the, the new covenant's even much more glorious. And it says, but the veil has been taken back or taken away uh, by, the, by the Lord, or through the Lord. And of course, it's t- dealing with the new covenant. What Jesus did took back the veil. In other words, now you can see everything a little more clear. And if you really stop and think about it, that's exactly what, what the New Covenant did concerning the Old Covenant. I've heard so many questions. You know, we have uh, put a deal out there and we're asking questions, you know, of people and, and what are some, some questions that you have that you would like answered. And many times the questions that come is stuff like, well, how come in the Old Covenant, you know, you know God looks like He's a, you know, a mean ogre sometimes and, and yet in the New Covenant, He's a God of love. No, He was always a God of love. What happens is, People just didn't know. They were looking through a veil, and they just assumed everything that happened was always God. And God got the blame for everything, you know. So very little is said in the Old Covenant about about our enemy. Now, there is verses in there about it, but not, not everybody had clarity about that. You come into the New Covenant, it's very clear, all right. God is always good. The devil is always bad. And if something's going on bad, I guarantee you the devil's behind it, you know. And Jesus makes that real clear. So that's what he's talking about, the veil, uh, an unveiled face, okay? So we, with, with an unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, this is verse 18 again, beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord and are being transformed, there's that word again, into the same image from glory to glory. In other words, from one degree of glory to the next degree of glory, just as by the Spirit of the Lord. In other words, it's a work of the Spirit. Now, Why is the word valuable? Well, the word is a mirror, okay? And specifically, we're dealing primarily with this text anyway, with the New Covenant, okay? So this word, when you lift up this word, begin to look into it with a veil that's removed, what you see is a mirror. Well, what do you see in a mirror? Well, in a mirror, you see your reflection. You see your image, okay? So what you're finding out when you open up the Word of God, part of the reason of its value, the reason we should value it is because when we open up the Word of God, we begin to find out who we are. We begin to find out what we can do. So we're finding, you know, I say it this way, our, uh, the reason we value the Word is because we begin to find our true identity in this Word, who we really are. We begin to find our true potential. Amen. We live in a realm of potential. Amen. And the, but the only way you're going to find that out is by looking in the Word. You, got, you got, you're a true, Your true identity All right, is usually going to be way different than who you were before you knew Christ. See, a lot of people base their identity on their past. But according to this, you are who He says you are, regardless of your past, regardless of what you've had to deal with in, in, in days gone by, regardless of what somebody else said about you. Okay? See, you're a new creation in Christ. You're an overcomer. You're, uh, you know, you are a conqueror. Amen. You're victorious. You're triumphant. We can go on and on and on. You're forgiven. You're redeemed. Amen. Hallelujah. You're accepted. Hallelujah. We can go on and on and on in here about what the, uh, especially the new covenant will bring out about who you are in Christ. Amen. And what your true potential is in Him. Amen. Now, we're not excluding the old covenant, but I'm just saying in this text, He's trying to bring out the importance of getting into the word, especially in the new covenant, because you're finding out who you are. Now, the more that you put your nose in this book, all right, and look at this mirror, the more it says you become, uh, the more you become that image, you begin to be changed. See, it's a work of the spirit. It's obviously a process from glory to glory. But how does it work? It works by you spending time in it. So you got to value the word. Now, if you if we're not valuing the word, we're not going to do that. We just kind of move on with life, and and we might you know hear a uh, a few verses here and there when we come to church or something like that. Amen. But we got to understand that the more you value this word, the more uh, what it's called to do, the more it will do. Amen. If you stick with it and stay with it, amen. So we we find out that it's. Uh, It helps you discern and judge right. We find out, praise God, uh, that it allows you to start thinking right because your mind's being renewed to it. And we see here, praise God, that literally you begin to find your true identity and your true potential. Praise God. That's why we value the Word. All right. Amen. Hallelujah. I put down in my notes a, a key verse, you know, Jeremiah 29. Of course, that's one of them fun verses, right? You know, it says that, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. Now, see, the reason I mention that is because that's his thoughts. Well, how do you, how do you find his thoughts? you gotta, you got to find it in the Word, right? So you find his thoughts. If you find his thoughts, amen, then what happens is you start moving towards your future. You start moving uh, toward who you are, becoming who you really are in him. You start, amen, fulfilling your true potential. Praise God. Amen. Hallelujah. Uh, years ago, a little kind of a little ditty uh, that I don't know, maybe I don't know if I call it a ditty, but just some kind of a thing that kind of come to me. If we will purpose to meditate on what he says to meditate on, then we will think on what uh, we will think on what the average man will never think on. Think about that, okay? So we'll begin to think on what the average man will never think on. And then we'll begin to see what the average man will never see. We will receive what the average man will never receive. We will do what the average man will never do. We will uh, be what the average man will never be. And we will go beyond the limits the average man has ever experienced. All right. Now, how does all this happen? By grabbing his thoughts, his word. Praise God. You should begin to come into who you are and you begin to move toward your destiny, your future, and fulfill your potential. Praise God. So another reason why we value the Word. Praise God. All right, now we'll go to Romans 10 again. We'll go our Romans again to Romans 10 this time. Hallelujah. Hope you're getting something. Praise the Lord. Let's see, Romans 10, another key verse, but again, remember, we're just talking about why we value the Word, all right? Verse 17 says, So then faith comes by hearing, and hearing... By the Word of God. So faith comes by hearing. In other words, by giving attention or audience to it. Faith comes. What's faith? Uh, the word faith, pistis, okay, which means um, assurance, confidence, reliance, conviction, okay, um, you, know, uh, you know, trust. All of this is kind of fixed or, or fed into that, all right? So then faith comes by hearing, in other words, by taking it in, all right, and hearing, it repeats himself or repeats himself. Hearing by what? The Word of God. So what does the Word do? Well, the Word will produce faith in the hearer. All right. So what comes out of that then? Well, confidence. So if faith comes, what do you got? Well, I'm going to have more confidence. Okay. I'm going to have more maybe conviction or be more, here we go, convinced. You know, uh, 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 Romans 4, I think talking about Abraham said he was fully persuaded or fully convinced That what God had promised, he was also able to do. I think it's in uh, Romans 4 and like around uh, 21 or 20, something like that. Uh, But anyway, uh, so fully convinced. Paul talked about being fully persuaded or fully convinced. Well, how do you get fully convinced? I mean, I think about even Abraham's life. I mean, in the beginning, Abraham wasn't fully convinced. I mean, he struggled with a few things, but as he kept hearing things, as God kept talking to him about things. Amen. And so when we start hearing that, what have he come to a place then of being fully convinced. All right. Well, how do you become that? Well, right here. Put your face in the Word of God. Amen. This is God, amen, in a sense, talking to you. You know, earlier in the week, I did a service talking about, you know, hearing the voice of God, letting God breathe into you. Amen. Uh, this really, the Word is is, you know, God's, you know, breathe the word that's been recorded for you and me. This is already something he said and then got recorded for you and me, praise God. Well, the more you meditate on it, the more you take that in, hallelujah, the more you keep hearing that, what happens? Faith comes. Well, faith for what? Well, the things he said, for one, the promises. You know, the, thing, the word says all the promises of God in him are yes and amen, praise God. Hallelujah, so all the promises are there for you. But if you don't read, if you don't, if you don't meditate on this, if you don't take this in, well, you're first off not even going to know what kind of promises are yours. Secondly, if you don't spend time constantly renewing your mind to it, uh, you know, you may never have the faith to receive that promise. So the idea is that the more you hear it and hear it, and the implication is and hear it and hear it and hear it, amen. Faith comes, confidence comes, conviction comes, you become Fully convinced, fully persuaded, praise God, that what God has promised, He will also do. Amen. So why is the word valuable? Why do we value the word, praise God? So we can be convinced, amen, of what God has said. We can be convinced, amen, that those promises are ours. We can be convinced, Amen. That when we're dealing with, with infirmity, that well, the promise of healing and wholeness is available, praise God. When you're when you're dealing with lack and poverty, then you can be convinced, praise God, that God will meet all your needs according to his riches in glory. But if you don't meditate, if you don't take that word in, praise God, if you don't value it enough to keep bringing it in and hearing it and hearing it and taking it in and taking it in, it's going to be hard for you to have the confidence Amen. The conviction, the, uh, you know, the, to be convinced that what he said, he's also able to do. So you'll go on the, all your days and miss out on things that are completely yours to have. All right. So there you go. Another reason why the word is valuable. Well, let's go to the Gospel of John now. Gospel of John. Yeah, I'm trying to just keep moving forward here because I, I know that, like I said, I could probably spend a lot of time with each one of these verses. John 8, please. Hallelujah. John 8, and we're going to, another uh, kind of a key verse here. We've, you know, definitely, in fact, a lot of people will have, uh, you know, these kind of verses, uh, you know, on their refrigerator or not even have a painting or something on their desk that says this, you know, talking about knowing the truth and the truth will make you free. And, uh, but let's read the whole text here. This says in verse 31, it says, And Jesus said to those Jews who believed him, If you abide in my word, in other words, if you continue and remain in my word, okay? Amen. So you've got to stick with it. He says, if you do that, then are you my disciples indeed, or disciplined ones. So in other words, he's talking about somebody that stays with it, sticks with it, because that's what we're talking about here today, is sticking with it. See, if you value it, you'll stick with it, all right? You're not going to let the enemy come steal it. You're not going to let stuff you know, come on in there and begin to choke it out. OK, you're going to you're going to you're going to value it enough. You're going to stay with it. Praise God. Then it goes on and it says, and you shall know the truth. And the truth will make you free. OK, what truth makes you free? The truth, you know. Well, how do you get to know a truth? Well, you got to abide. You got to remain. You got to continue it. That's what we're trying to bring out. So why do we value the word? Well, first off, that's where the truth is. Right. So you can know the truth. But now it ain't just about knowing the truth. It's also about being free and remaining free, okay? I want to walk in freedom and liberty, all right? Well, how do I do that? Well, I got to continue in this word. The more I stay in this word, amen, the more I get to know things. In fact, a lot of, uh, you know, where revelation, you know, we talk about sometimes, you hear that word uh, revelation, and revelation just means a revealing, okay? Well, what's revealed? Well, uh, you know, you got the uh, word that that's, uh, you know, been god breathed. Okay? And you meditate on that long enough, and pretty soon it's no longer a word that God breathed, but now it becomes a word made to breathe. Something revealed. Okay? And that's what we're trying to get to because when you come to that place, and that by the way, that word is Rhema. There's two different words for word, W-O-R-D, and that's logos and rhema. And what we're trying to do is get it from a logos, just something that's written here, to rhema, something that's made to breathe or alive on the inside. And that's what he's kind of talking about. He says, if you want to be free, how do you become free? You come into a place of knowing the truth. So in other words, the truth that you know now becomes the area of your life that you become free in. If you're not free in that area, then all I recommend is get in this thing to that truth comes alive, all right? But the only way that's going to happen is you're going to have to abide in the Word, continue and remain in it, praise God. Now, only people that value the Word are going to do that, all right? You know, it's only the people that value the Word that are going to give attention to it, spend some time with it, amen? So I recommend, I encourage you, get in that. Start to, you know, the Word's real clear, too, that what you give your attention to pretty soon becomes that treasure Amen. And where that treasure is, that's where your heart is. And that's how it all works. So the more time you give to it, the more time, you know, the more you want it, and the more you want it, praise God, the more time you give to it. I mean, it just kind of feeds itself then. Amen. And the more you do that, now that truth in God's Word is no longer just something that Jesus said and something that has been recorded for you and me, something that's just written on a page, now it's something that's alive. It's something, praise God, that all of a sudden now it's transforming you, changing you, praise God, getting you anchored and convinced. Hallelujah. And as a result of it, now freedom and liberty come. So why do we value the Word? Praise God. For the truth, amen, and for the freedom and the liberty that comes from it. Praise God. Amen. Uh, We're in the Gospel of John. Let's look at another one. John 15, please. John 15. Praise the Lord. John 15, of course, in context, he's talking about, uh, you know, being uh, a part of, uh, you know, the vine and and abiding in the vine, which is, you know, himself. And uh, it says this in verse 7, uh, verse 7 and 8, I'm going to read. It says, if you abide in me and my, here we go, my words abide in you. In other words, continue in you. It says, then you will ask what you desire, and it will be done for you. Well, the reason that, that stuff works because it's coming alive in you, see. The more you abide in it, the more alive it comes, the more real it is, the more confidence you have in it, amen. Sometimes we're not getting results because we really don't believe what we just prayed. We don't believe what we just asked, okay? We, we, we did it because we maybe heard a, a sermon that says you could ask or you could believe for this and pray for that, but it hasn't come alive to you yet. Now, the reason you know it hasn't come alive, or, you know, I'm not condemning anybody, it's just, you know, if you prayed and you're not seeing the results and then you get all mad because you're not seeing results and, and start say, saying things like, oh, this don't work. Well, see, I'm right then that's a giveaway. It hasn't come alive in you yet. It hasn't become a revelation to you yet. So what do you do? You don't get mad. You don't get upset. You don't, you know, you don't. Get mad at God or mad at the preacher or mad at the church or, or whatever. You don't even get mad at yourself. What you do is you get back in there. And you, you, you not only abide in him, you're, you're letting that word abide in you, praise God. And the more you do, the more alive it comes. Here comes that confidence. Here comes that uh, transformation. Here comes, you know, the, uh, the judgment call. All this stuff begins to shift and change and, and, and just get better. And pretty soon you're getting the results. Amen. You're getting your desires. Amen. It starts clicking and working right. Amen. But then it goes on. It says this in verse 8. By this, in other words, what he just got done saying in verse 7, by this my Father is glorified. Amen. That you bear much fruit. So when you talk about, you know, you know getting uh, answers to what you ask. He's talking about the, the more that happens in your life, it's it's he calls it barren fruit. It's part of something that's working something in you. And we're starting to now see fruit or see change or see things happen. Amen. And he says God gets glorified in that. You know, some people sometimes, you know, in times past, you know, depending on, on um, you know, what circle you're in and talking with and all kinds of stuff. But sometimes, you know, you might talk about you know believing God for that and believing God and some people go oh my gosh you know uh, you know they kind of get on you about you know you know that's only if it's God's will well the word says you can uh, you know according to this in first John it says if you you know if this is the confidence that we have in him that if we ask anything according to his will he hears us and if he hears us amen it goes on to say then we shall receive what we've asked of him amen well that's what it's talking about here in John 15 Amen. If you get that work, pretty soon you got confidence in what he said, and if you have confidence in what he said, then praise God, you begin to receive it because your faith is engaged and drawing. Amen. Literally, it's like your faith reaches into the unseen realm, so to speak, and grabs hold of what's yours. Praise God. Now, if you're not convinced of that yet, if it's not, you know, it's not really work, and you might know it, maybe, uh, you know. Uh, you know, you might be starting to mentally starting to, you know, say, hey, maybe that's something that I'm sh- I should have. But we want to get it working and alive in you. We want your mind totally renewed to it. We want you to have faith that comes. Amen. Uh, as you uh, as you're, you know, uh, you know speaking it and hearing it and talking it. Praise God. Amen. So what he's talking about here in this text. It becomes a thing of bearing fruit. In other words, it, produ- it produces something. It's fruitful. It's successful. That's really what it's all talking about. And it says, and God gets the glory for it. So why do we value the word? Well, because it brings success. It brings fruit in our lives. Praise God. Amen. I was thinking of uh, like Psalms 1, for instance. It says that he, uh, uh, verse 2 and 3, it says that he, his delight, this is Psalms 1, verse 2 and 3, his delight is in the law, talking about you or me, his delight is in the law of the Lord, or the word, and his law he meditates day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season. There's that fruit. See, why? Because you're hanging, you're you're meditating on the Word. You're taking in the Word. You're you're drawing on the Word, right? So then you become like that tree planted by the rivers of water that brings forth its fruit in its season, whose leaf also shall not wither, and whatever he does, amen, prosper. See, we're seeing being fruitful, being successful, all right? You're, you're starting to see things happen now. Amen. Why? Because the Word is, is, is a part of your life. You're valuing the Word. So then we've got fruit. We're, you know, we're bearing fruit. I think Joshua 1 even brings out that when you've got the Word working in you, it says you'll make your way prosperous and you'll have good success. All of that because of the Word. See, we get the Word. Uh, we meditate the Word. We, we're looking to the Word. We're hearing the Word. We're talking the Word. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. And the more you value the Word, the more this stuff begins to happen in your life. Amen. Praise God. Let's go to another one here, and this may be our last one for today. And that's Ephesians 6, please. Ephesians 6. Another common text for us. Amen. In Ephesians 6, what do we see? uh, We see the armor of God being mentioned. Praise the Lord. The armor of God. And we're going to go down to verse... Um. Let's see here, verse 17. And again, like I said, we're not, we're not going to read all the way through all this. Um, but you take the time and do that, praise God. So he's talking about all the armor, but he goes on in verse 17, and take the helmet of salvation, which is the, the last piece of armament that he mentions. But then he says this, and what else you take? Well, the sword of the Spirit. Okay, and he explains it, which is... The Word of God. So why do we value the Word? Well, the Word is the weapon of choice for a believer. Okay? So the more that Word's going in, the more you meditate that Word, the more that Word now becomes literally a weapon against your enemy because everything in context here is talking about the reason for the armament and the reason for your weapon is because it, we're able to stand against the wiles or the schemes and the plots, uh, you know, of the enemy, okay, all the plotting and scheming that he does, amen. It goes on to say even uh, to stand uh, in, in the evil day. In other words, all the evil pressures that try to hit you on a day-to-day basis. Well, how do you deal with all this? Well, part of that, okay, it's not the only way, but part of it, and a very big key to this is you got to be able to know how to use your sword, okay? Now, the word sword, uh, when it talks about the Word of God, which is, you know, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, that word is rhema, so it's talking about a word that becomes real and alive to you, all right? But the more you meditate it, the more you hear it, the more you talk it, amen, the more alive it becomes, and it becomes then a sword of the Spirit, so when the enemy is coming at you, you know what to do with it. Now, the Scriptures are pretty clear. 1 Timothy talks about fighting a good fight of faith, and it goes on, how do you do it? Well, part of that is confessing a good confession against, you know, uh, you know, in the presence of many witnesses. And now, that word just means, uh, well, actually, the Greek word is homoslogia, okay, which means same word, or if you look it up, it means an, uh, covenant acknowledgement, okay? So what he's talking about is part of your fight of faith in the midst of an evil day or against the wiles of your enemy is you've got to make confession, amen, now, we see in the book of Revelations especially where Jesus is, we see him coming you know, coming back you know, on a white horse, and it talks, about, it talks about the sword that goes in and out of his mouth. Well, well you think he's got a, some kind of physical sword going? No, it's talking about the Word. He says he's, he's coming on a white horse, and he's declaring the Word, speaking the Word. And Somebody says, well, I, you know, well, okay, what's that have to do with me? Well, Jesus, remember when he was confronted, we see in Matthew 4, where he was confronted by the enemy out in the wilderness, and every time the enemy come to tempt him with something, what did Jesus do with it? Well, he used his sword. What did he do? It is written. And then he'd quote the Word of God. Amen. The enemy come at him again, you know, and uh, uh, hit him with another temptation, and the Word said Jesus would look at him and go, it is written. So what we're seeing is he's using his sword. Well, you know, after... a few times of that happened, the enemy just, the word says, the enemy just kind of picked up and left. Why? Because, you know, he thought, I can't get him here. All right. Well, you think about how it worked for Jesus and how what Paul had to say about the same thing. And, you know, what you have to understand is that that's one of the reasons we value the word, is that word becomes the weapon of choice to deal with our enemy, praise God. I was thinking about some things as I, and I kind of wrote some of these things down, but. Matthew 8 talks about, you know, with a word, he healed all who are sick. Uh, we, we see uh, in uh, uh, Matthew 8 again, earlier in the chapter, it talks about with a word, uh, you know, it talks about a servant being healed, okay, with a word, right? Uh, Luke 4 talks about, with, uh, talks about what a word this is. With authority and power, he commands unclean spirits, and they all come out. See, with, with a word. See, he's speaking the word, all right? Amen. Now, if you got the right word, it works best, okay? I'm just telling you. But the point is this, okay? Where does it come from? It comes from the word, the scriptures, all right? That's how we deal with this stuff, okay? Speaking that same word. So why do we value the word? Amen. Because it's the weapon of choice. Because if you know what's in the book and what's yours, and that's what's coming out your mouth. You begin to make your way prosperous, have good success. You're bearing fruit. Praise God. Being successful on all fronts. Praise God. The enemy's backing up. Praise the Lord. I was just, you know, some of this, uh, some more of this. It talks about with a, he cast out spirits with a word. People were made free with a word. There was great deliverance that would manifest with a word, a withered hand even restored with a word, right? Come on, Uh, a man walking on water. In this this text, I'm talking about about Peter. Peter walked on the water because Jesus spoke a word. See, one word from God can change your life forever. All Jesus said to him was, Come. And that boy gets out of the boat and walks on the water. Well, praise the Lord. With a word, praise God, financial pressures can be removed. With a word, a great storm can be made calm. And all he said was, peace, be still. All right? Well, that same word works for you and me. Praise God, no matter what storm we're dealing with, a dead man can be raised back to life with a word. All he said was, arise, and they're up. Now all of a sudden, they're breathing once again. Okay with the word somebody said well that was Jesus well of course it was Jesus But he's your example. He's your elder brother. Amen. He's your Lord and Savior showing you how to do it. Praise God. He said, The same works that I do shall you do. Well, how do you get that to work? You got to do it the same way he did it. How you do it? You got to get the word in you. You get the word in you, and when the enemy comes against you, you got something to say, praise God. Instead of playing patty cake with him and letting him have a heyday with your life and keep running you over with the bus, amen. You learn how to take the sword of the Spirit and use it against him. Praise God. And I'm talking about your enemy now. Amen. that word and speak it so why do we value the word because it's the weapon of choice praise God for a believer amen praise God hallelujah a lot of a lot of things in here said and granted I guarantee I've I've sped through a lot of it but I'm just trying to bring today the importance of why we value the word now back to the very beginning you know when when I brought that out there in Mark 4 all right. Remember, you know, if you if you don't value it, see the enemy swoops in and takes it. If you don't value it, all right, then somehow or another, you know, the just through the pressures that happen, it it has no root in itself. So what happens? It just scorches and dies and goes away. Again, the enemy's taking it. All right. If you don't value it, even what you got working in you, if you don't put enough value in it, then here comes all these other things. And it just begins to choke it out. So you got to value the Word of God. Amen. To maintain the Word of God and to increase. And all the benefits we talked about today are yours to have. Praise God. All right, let's pray. Father, I give you praise and glory once again. We give you thanks and honor for the Word of God. Hallelujah. And I'm thankful, Lord, today to be able to talk about the Word of God. So I'm thankful for a people that had an ear to hear it, heart to receive it. Praise God. Open the eyes of their understanding that, Lord, that they they begin to understand the value of the Word of God. And, Father, forgive us for the times that maybe we didn't put much value on it. For the time we just, it was just some you know, thing, you know, some mundane thing that, you know, we were always told we should do, but we just didn't put enough weight on it. But Lord, I believe with all my heart, you're working that, changing that, adjusting that so that we begin to value the Word of God. And Father, we give you the praise, we give you the glory for the importance of this Word. We give you the praise and the glory for being able to have the Word of God. Hallelujah, we give you the praise and the glory that at any given day, praise God, we can stop, we can read and meditate and hear your word, praise God, that'll bring change in our lives. And for that, we give you all the glory in Jesus' name, amen and amen. We call you blessed. Thank you for joining us for this message.